Welcome to Becoming Your Best with Jenny Lytle RN. I believe that we are all made with unique gifts, talents, and desires, and that comparing ourselves to others only leads to frustration and wasted time. Join me on a journey to becoming the best you you can be. Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Your Best with Jenny Lytle RN podcast. Today's episode is number 23, Four Simple Steps to Decluttering Your Home. Here's the bad news. You can't organize clutter. Clutter. Whether you have a little or a lot, it can be tough to get rid of it. Or maybe for you, it's not hard to get started, but then you find yourself surrounded by piles in various stages of clean out that seem even more overwhelming than when they were shoved away somewhere. So what's the natural inclination? shove it all back to where it came from, or even worse, leave it out in piles and feel the guilt and shame of not being able to get it together. Beating yourself up isn't going to help, but neither is being in denial. Now, the example that I'm about to share may be extreme compared to your situation, and I really hope it is. Either way, the principles are the same. My mom was a hoarder. She was a genuinely, amazingly, giving, loving, and caring person. She would give anything to and do anything for anyone, except for herself. You may already know this, but I'm going to share it again because it's that important to me. She is why I am so passionate about helping women take care of themselves. If we don't take care of ourselves, it will impact our ability to care for others. We'll become exhausted mentally and physically, and eventually there is nothing left to give. It was a spiral that I wish I had noticed more, and I believe that it contributed to her early death. And as her only child, there is something that alternately makes me incredibly sad and very angry. She spent a lot of time in her last years, time that could have been used to make memories with her family, instead doing what I call the shit shuffle. It was time spent moving stuff around and sorting it and putting it into different totes and getting rid of a thing or two, but then collecting 10 more from various places. Rearranging rooms and boxes and getting new containers and all with the mistaken belief that it was just a better system of organization that was needed. Here's some tough love. If you have overstuffed drawers and closets and still have mountains of stuff all over your house, you're not going to be able to just organize it and have the tidy, comfortable home you may be looking for. Are you ready for the good news? It doesn't have to be so hard and it doesn't have to take over your life and your home. Now I've come up with the acronym PAC to make it simple. And that stands for PREP, ACT, clean up, and kick back. Phase one is prep, and this is the biggest phase. So you start out with, why is now the right time for me to declutter? And take a bit of time to think about this, and maybe even write it down. Have a cup of coffee and think about what your clutter is costing you. Is it embarrassing? Do you waste time looking for things? Do you buy duplicates because you can't find what you already have? Do you want to make sure that you don't leave a mess for your family in case something happens to you? There can be many reasons from surface level to very deep and painful, but knowing your why will come in handy if and when the excitement wears off. So then where do you start? 
You can start with a small or easy area or one that drives you crazy. Find an area that you access regularly, maybe somewhere where things fall out, Tupperware cabinet, anyone, or overflow, like maybe your closet. So um, for me, I know my clothes can start getting wrinkled because my closet's jam-packed. And then I also realize that I only wear a small portion of what's in there. And so that's where I'm digging in again. Or maybe it's your bathroom cabinet where health and beauty products seem to multiply. You likely know which area will have the most impact. And if you're not sure, um, just take a deep breath and try to think of an area that you dread or avoid or feel stressed out by, and then start tackling that. And if the whole area feels like too much, then start with just part of it. Now, one thing I would encourage you to avoid, especially if you are just getting started, is the emotional stuff. Focus on neutral things and kind of build your decluttering muscles before you start digging into family heirlooms. So once you've figured out where you want to start, how do you decide what to get rid of? There's a lot of clutter talk out there and there's different schools of thought. Marie Kondo encourages us to hold on to each item and see if it sparks joy in us. Some give rules about time, like if you haven't used it in X amount of time, then it needs to go. One of the concepts I like is to allow the container to decide how much you can have of something. So for example, if you have a bookcase and you don't want books in other places, then you can only have the number of books that fit in the bookcase. This may mean you need to part with some. Now the actual digging into what to part with can come with challenges for sure. If you want to keep it really simple, you can ask yourself two questions. If the answer to either question is no, it goes. Do I use this? And do I love this? Now, if you resonated with the fly lady stuff from last week, incorporating the 27 fling boogie, where you basically go as quickly as possible and gather up 27 items to get rid of, trash or donate, may be what you need to make slow but steady progress. Here's a couple of quick tips. If you've got broken things, toss them. And if you have several of the same things, decide how many you really need and then part with the rest. So what do you do with it? But there's also the issue of what to do with the stuff that you've decided needs to leave your home. So some options are donating it, having a garage sale. You can maybe get rid of it on FreeCycle or eBay, um, in Facebook groups, or have a friend swap. But especially if time and space are both issues for you like they are for me, you'll want to get it out of your house as quickly as possible. Garage sales are a lot of work, and if you have a lot to work through, this may not be the best choice. Of course, you're free to decide that for yourself, but there's a wonderful feeling of completion when we work, gather it all up, and donate it immediately afterward. Then it is truly out of our space. And we get the added benefit of knowing that someone else is being blessed by something that we no longer needed. However you decide to part with it, make sure to actually decide ahead of time where it's going to go and when you will get it there. This will at least somewhat dictate what supplies you need. So do you want to put it in boxes or trash bags or maybe reuse paper bags like those from Trader Joe's? I love using those bags with handles and have them out and ready to go. And also make sure you have a trash can nearby. 
and decide how much time you're going to spend on decluttering for this particular session. Now, once you've got your prep done, you're going to move on to phase two, which is act. Now, this is a very important point and one that I um, used to get really frustrated with myself. Only take out what you can put back and go through in an allotted amount of time. And this will help prevent overwhelm and burnout, which can lead to giving up before you've accomplished much. If you start feeling frustrated, take a short break if needed. At the very least, take a few breaths. This can be fun for some, and it can be sad and triggering for others. It can lead to feelings of shame for wasting money on unneeded things, for letting it get out of control, for any number of things. Stop. Approach this with love and grace. Regardless of how or why or how many times you've been in the same place, you're choosing to take control and get rid of the things that are weighing you down. Phase three, clean up. When your time is up, don't stop just yet. You still need to clean up. This will only take a few minutes and will leave you feeling good about your decluttering session instead of frustrated because you're now stepping over piles. So empty your trash can and put it back. Take all of your items to be donated to the car. Schedule a time to drop them off. And don't stress about how much there still is to do. Instead, move on to phase four, which is kick back. When you're done with your session, even if it was a short one, take a few minutes to reward yourself for your work. I know this may be a struggle for you. It is for me too. I can get so focused on the next thing or on how much I still have to do that I don't always take the time to appreciate what I've done. But ending on a positive note will make it more likely that you will dig in again and not avoid it out of dread. If your whole house feels like it's busting at the seams, cleaning out the junk drawer might not seem like much, but it can be enough to encourage you to keep going. And it can be like the shiny sink that we talked about last week. You can get control of your clutter. Less stuff means less stuff to clean and to clean around. And it doesn't all have to be done at once. Regular decluttering sessions all add up to big results. If you find yourself avoiding scheduling more time to declutter, Revisit your why for motivation. You can do it, and you deserve to live in a home that makes you smile. Until next time, take a deep breath or two and never stop becoming the best version of you. Does this sound like you? If you start a new habit with excitement but then lose motivation before you get the results you're looking for, my upcoming membership community will be perfect for you. It will incorporate live coaching sessions, support and accountability for habit change, and fitting joy and meaning into your schedule, even if it's already jam-packed. Be one of the first to find out more about becoming a founding member and locking in at the introductory rate of less than $5 per week by going to jennylidlecom slash membership. Disclaimer. Although I am a registered nurse, the medical and health information contained in this podcast is provided for general information and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice. Accordingly, before taking any actions based upon such information, I encourage you to consult with appropriate professionals. I do not provide any specific medical or health advice and the use of or reliance on any information contained in this podcast is solely at your own risk.